the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fellow redeemed, for our midweek Lenten service last week, our focus was on the Ten Commandments, which reveals God's good and gracious will for our lives. This week, we turn our attention to the Apostles' Creed, where we confess that the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is the one who created us, who redeems us, who sanctifies us. And so before we continue, let us confess together the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Well, Redeem, we consider these truths tonight by way of Pontius Pilate's statement of Jesus to the Jewish crowd. Behold the man. Now, when we hear the word man or mankind, the picture that begins to form in our minds is that of a living being who looks like us, who acts like us. That is, one who has flesh and blood who has a body with various members that can move, one who has the ability to speak and think and feel. And we're distinct from any other living creature. And the reason for this is because man was created in the image of God. In the beginning, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God not only created in the beginning, but he continues to create today. It's as we confess in the small catechism. I believe that God has made me and all creatures. He has given me my body and soul my eyes and ears and all my members, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. How incredible is that? And yet, as we heard last week, it was through the one man, Adam, that sin came into the world, and death through sin. So death spread to all men because all sinned. As the Apostle Paul writes. And it's in this flesh and blood body that we sin against God. And we sin against our neighbor. And it's in this flesh and blood body that we would have to suffer the eternal consequences of that sin. If it weren't for another man. The man, Jesus Christ. 
It's as St. Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, For as by one man's disobedience, the man being Adam, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, that is Jesus, the many will be made righteous. In order to redeem human flesh and blood from sin and death, God himself takes on human flesh and blood in the person of Jesus. Now think about what that means. God himself had a real body with real body parts that perform the same functions of a human body as you and me. And with that body, he had the ability to speak and to think and to feel a variety of emotions. You heard some of that last week. He felt pain, suffering, hunger, thirst. God himself is like you in every way, except without sin. Fellow redeemed, behold the man. These are the same words that Pontius Pilate speaks prior to Jesus' crucifixion and death. Now, leading up to this, the chief priests and the whole council were seeking false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death. But they found none. Though many false witnesses came forward, at least two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to rebuild it in three days. High priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But Jesus remained silent. High priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Well, redeemed, Jesus is right. He is the Son of Man, foretold by the prophet Daniel, who would be given eternal dominion over all things. And yet before this could take place, it would require his suffering and death at the hands of evil men. It would involve having false accusations brought against him by Caiaphas and the council. It would involve being examined by Pontius Pilate and declared innocent. And yet the murderous rebel Barabbas would be released instead of him. It would involve being flogged by soldiers and mocked by them as a purple robe and crown of thorns is placed on him. And having endured all of these things with the worst yet to come, he would then be presented before a bloodthirsty crowd. Behold the man, Pilate declares. With these words, Pilate is mocking the Jews. He's trying to illustrate how absurd it is that Jesus poses some kind of threat. She doesn't. And yet, with these words, Pilate speaks God's truth, unbeknownst to him. 
Behold the man. Jesus is true man, and it's necessary that he is. It's necessary for him to be true man in order to do what God commands of man, and that is to keep God's law perfectly. And it's necessary for him to be true man in order to receive in his perfect flesh and blood the full penalty of man's sin. God's righteous wrath upon sin. And he does this by allowing himself, his body, blood to be pierced, placed upon the cross, and to die for me. Behold the man. Yet what man could be perfect? What man could endure such pain and suffering without sin and for the sake of sinful man? The Son of Man, Jesus, He wasn't just a man. He's true God, equal to the Father and the Spirit. And it's necessary that He is. As true God, Jesus was able to be born Without original sin. He was able to endure all bodily torments and temptation and suffering in his earthly life. Even death upon the cross without sinning. As true God, Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross provided a sufficient ransom to pay for the sins of the world. To pay for your sins. Fellow redeemed, behold the man and behold your God. All of this was God's will for you. It wasn't by chance. And it was so that he could redeem you, a lost and condemned person. It was so that he could purchase and win you from all sins, from all death, from the power of the devil. And he doesn't do this with gold or silver. Silver. He does it with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death on the cross so that you may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, blessedness. Behold the man. And behold, your God, who desires your redemption, your eternal salvation. He knows that because of sin, you can't come to him by your own reason or strength. Just as we confess in the third article of the creed. So it is that he sends to you his Holy Spirit. And it's through the physical means of the preached word and the sacraments that the Holy Spirit gathers you into his church where he daily and richly forgives all of your sins, the sins of all believers. Fellow redeemed, all the benefits of Christ's passion 2,000 years ago are brought to you today. And in this place, so that you may rejoice 
in His forgiveness and salvation. So that you may be strengthened in body and soul throughout this life. So that you may look forward and hope to the last day. Where he will raise you and all the dead. And give eternal life to you and all believers in Christ. And there with body and soul reunited. And with all the company of heaven we will behold the man and behold our God, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.